Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة My respected elders, dearest brothers and sisters, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. What I would like to discuss with you today is how well you know the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa That when his name is mentioned, what comes to your mind? And Allah has made us creatures as such that whenever an individual is mentioned in front of us or a person or a character from a novel or a celebrity or someone we know, immediately in our minds, a portrait of that person is painted and captured. When I say to you, how does your father look? Each one of us will have a different image in their mind. Right now you'll be thinking about what color his hair is, what his complexion is, how tall he is, whether he is slim, whether he is larger. Whatever the situation is, we are creatures that imagine and like to imagine. But when we mention the Messenger of Allah, what does the mind conjure? What do you begin to think about? What is that resonates with your heart? 
And therefore, in order to know somebody properly, the best individuals to ask are those who frequented their company. And therefore, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, spoke about him greatly, just like the one who has someone who is dear to them, a beloved. And if you were to ask someone, what does your beloved look like? Then you will see the response from that person. They are like this and they are like that. And when they smile, they do this. And when they blink, they are like that. And when they eat, they have these types of habits. Usually that lasts the first couple of years in marriage and then afterwards it's all forgotten. However, with the Prophet ﷺ, it was different. The Sahaba عنهم, absolutely adored him. And therefore, they noted each and every single thing about him as much as they could remember. If you were to ask Ali عنه, what the Prophet ﷺ was like, he would tell his son, his son would ask him, because his son was very young when the Prophet ﷺ passed away, even though they met, he was very young. Now, what was my grandfather like? This is a question that we also ask. Now, what was my grandfather like? Ali radiallahu anhu would say. And he was an individual who was not toweringly tall, but he was not short either. Rather, he was in between the two. And the commentators of hadith highlight that it was the miracle that Allah blessed him with. That whenever he would stand among a group of people and in a, an, in a community, he would appear the tallest from among them. That his hair would be long at different states and different stages of his life. Sometimes it would be up to his earlobes, sometimes the top portion, and sometimes the bottom, and then sometimes it would be down to his shoulders. And occasionally he would braid his hair as well. When the Prophet ﷺ would undertake hard work, he would braid his long hair and he would keep it under his helmet. And this was particularly found on the day where he conquered Mecca. Ali radiallahu anhu continues that his hair was not incredibly wavy and curly and nor was it straight. It was in between the two. Allah had blessed him with both. He mentions that his eyes were dark and his eyelashes were long. Other companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Jabir radiallahu anhu mentions that the face of the Prophet ﷺ shone like the moon. He says that once he came into the masjid, the Prophet ﷺ was sitting there, clothed in red garments, in red clothing. He observed the Prophet ﷺ, and then he looked at the moon. And then he observed the Prophet ﷺ, and then he observed the moon. And he says that I concluded that the blessed face of the Prophet Muhammad was more radiant and more illuminating than even the moon. Hindi ibn Abi Hala radiallahu anhu. He says that the Prophet again, he also highlights that his face would gleam like the moon. Let's go back to what Ali radiallahu anhu was saying. He says that when he would walk, he would walk with vigor. He would walk with purpose. The hadith mentions يَتَكَفَّأُ And he would lean forward and, 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 and stoop forward a little bit. And again, the commentators of hadith highlight that there are perhaps a couple of meanings to this. Either number one, when he would walk, he would make sure that he would walk with purpose. He wouldn't drag his feet. Number two, he would look forward and lower his gaze. 
And in fact, Hind ibn Abi Hala himself mentions that majority of the time he would look down and occasionally he would look up at the sky. The Prophet's walking highlights to us that he was a man of purpose. If you were to look at a person who didn't have much purpose, you would find them loitering. And sometimes we find it even in the masjid that a person is walking from the wudu facilities, poking their head into the masjid, having a look what's going on over here. Walks past, hears a noise in the office. Let's look into the office, what's happening over there? A bit of gossip having, happening in the corner. Let me just hang around this area so I can hear. The Prophet ﷺ was not like this. He was a man of purpose. He had to save the ummah. He had so many responsibilities. His family at home, the people outside, his dealings with those who are non-Muslims. He has to walk from place to place. He has to walk with purpose. The Prophet ﷺ walks with purpose. Ali radiallahu anhu mentions, he was the most generous from among the people in terms of his heart. Anyone who came to the Prophet ﷺ, whatever he had, he would give. Even if he himself was in need of it, he would give it to someone else. Why? Because his affinity was not with this world. His harmony was not with this world. It was with returning to the hereafter. He understood that everything that we have in this earth is fani, it's going to come to an end. It will go into oblivion. There is going to be no end from it. Except the deeds that a person does. Ali radiallahu anhu continues, He was the most truthful from among the people. Whenever the Prophet spoke, he would speak with truth. Ali radiallahu anhu states further, he was the softest in nature. He was the softest in nature. And in fact, Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, who was a young companion, and in his young ages, during the lifetime of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he mentions that I served the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam for 10 years. Never did he ever tell me, why didn't you do it like this, regarding something I did. Maybe I made a mistake. He never ever said to me, why did you do it like this for? And if I left something that maybe I shouldn't have left, he never ever said to me, why did you not do it like this? Or why did you leave it for? And then Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, after highlighting his soft nature and his soft character, he says, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I have never felt anyone's hand more softer than that of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he says it was softer than even the best and the most finest of silks. Ali radiallahu anhu continues, Whoever came into proximity with him, came close to him, or saw him, sorry, from a distance, he was passing and suddenly they saw this individual, they saw the Prophet ﷺ, they would feel this utmost respect and this awe from him, that this is a man that you have to respect. There's some individuals who as soon as you see them passing, you think immediately, this is not a person I want to respect. Even when you're driving your car, somebody wants to cut into your lane. You look first. Should I give this person a place in front of me? Whenever the Prophet ﷺ would walk, anyone who caught a glimpse of him, immediately they would feel that this is a man who deserves all the respect that people are giving him. And whoever came to know him, and whoever came to know him knowingly, and mixed with him, and socialized with him, they fell in love with him. One companion mentions that he went to the Prophet ﷺ and asked. And the Prophet ﷺ had this quality 
that whoever would come to him, he would make them feel like they were the most special and the most dearest person to him. In fact, in one narration, it highlights that the worst person from among the community, when he would go to the Prophet ﷺ, would feel like he would be the best. Such was his attention. This Sahabi mentions that I asked him, who is more dear to you out of all of the companions? Because he genuinely felt that it was him. The Prophet ﷺ said, it's Abu Bakr. He said, okay, then after Abu Bakr, who is it? He says, well, it's Umar. He says, after Umar, who is it? He says, it's Uthman. The man says that I stopped asking the Prophet ﷺ this question. I was just content and happy knowing that I was dear to the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. Such love that he would show to each and every single one. My friends, the purpose of highlighting these narrations isn't simply for you to understand who the Prophet ﷺ is, but also for you to benchmark how far or how close you are to his character. What will people say about you when you pass away? Each and every single one of us in this room will one day leave this world. How will the people that we have left behind remember you? Will they say about you, Ajwadun Nasi Sadran, that individual was incredibly generous? Will they say about that particular person, Astaqun Nasi Lahjatan, he was the most truthful from among the people, that whoever mixed with him would fall in love with him? How many of us are close to the character and the attributes of the Prophet as far as, as far as his steadfastness was concerned, my friends, there are many of us who have had hardships in their life. And they've had hardships which have been crippling. Hardships which stopped them from functioning properly for the remainder of their life. I have met people who have lost their mother and for the rest of their life they couldn't live a proper and peaceful life. There are individuals who have lost children, one child, and that was enough to destroy their life and destroy their marriage. There are individuals who were fine at one point, and then they became paralyzed. The hardships have been such that all it takes is one to cripple a person. There are individuals I have met that their mother died when they were 17, 18, and for the rest of their life they did not want to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They felt that, how dare Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take my mother away? These are the words that they've related. They've almost had resentment and held a grudge with Allah. One individual I spoke to, their parent, or sorry, their grandparent passed away. For three to four months, they refused to pray prayer and offer their salah. They said, that what should I do? My friends, hardships are things which take us back towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when the Prophet when we speak about hardships, we mention one that had an effect on our life and we couldn't change. But then look at the life of the Prophet In their infancy, three of his boys pass away. His daughters, majority of them, three of them pass away in his lifetime as well. His wife passes away, his first wife, Khatija radiallahu anha. Your first wife, your first partner whom you have given your heart to, who have, you have given your love to, everything to, she has passed away. His uncle who was protecting him, he passes away. The people who he was living with and befriending on a day-to-day -day basis for 40 years of his life have turned against him as soon as he has said that he is a prophet. They say, we, want not, we do not want any part of this. Abu Lahab, who is his uncle, is saying to him that I don't want anything to do with you and is actually plotting 
to hurt the Prophet wasallam along with his wife. You have the likes of Abu Jahl and others who would wait for the Prophet wasallam to offer his praise in front of the Kaaba and they would throw the entrails and the insides of animals upon him. So whatever you may see at the butchers, which is just hanging there, they would take this and they would throw it to the Prophet, on, on the Prophet dirtying his clothes. When he would go home, he would find that people had nailed, you know, dead parts of an animal onto that door of the Prophet His daughter has to come and wash away the blood which is on his face because he's being beaten and he's being kicked and he's being spat at and he's being vilified on the road path. My friends, this is enough for multiple lifetimes. The hardship that the Prophet ﷺ had to endure, and I haven't even spoken about how many of his friends and his companions he had to see die on a regular basis, either because of war or either because the age of living during that time, you weren't going to live past you know, 50, 60 years of age. So many people passing away. And then the pain of those who were close to the Prophet ﷺ or who respected the Prophet ﷺ, but they did not accept belief. And he knew full well what was going to happen to them in the akhirah, in the hereafter. And still not being able to do anything because they did not accept faith. So many hardships the Prophet ﷺ had. And therefore, when an individual thinks about their own hardship and what a person has lost in their own life, it is very necessary for one to look at the hardships of the Prophet ﷺ. His path is a blessed one. His path is one which will lead to Jannah. It is one which will earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is also a difficult path. And therefore, my friends, one must inculcate within themselves the mannerisms of the Prophet ﷺ we've highlighted today. Remember, Prayer is not just limited, sorry, Islam is not just limited to ritual worship, praying in the masjid, giving sadaqah. There are individuals who pray five times a day and they have deceived themselves into thinking that they are the most pious. It is anything but. Their akhlaq is such and their mannerisms are such that they destroy the very foundations and relationships around them. They hurt people on a day-to-day -day basis. They lie. They lie. They behave in a manner which is appalling. What good will this salah do to them, for them in the hereafter when there are so many people who want to take retribution in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me the ability to act upon what has been said. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you all the ability to act upon what has been said. Inshallah, we will continue uh, uh, in the coming week. Put that one.